you know, I remember just being like, why would someone from Sony TV reach out to me? So I was like, oh, spam. So I didn't even respond. Um, but then, you know, luckily she reached out again and she was like, listen, no, this is real. Like, I want to. Hello everyone and welcome back to M Square Podcast. This is your host Anurag Manik. So, मैं आप सब से पूछना चाहूँगा कि आप भी Shark Tank India Season Two देख रहे हैं। अगर हाँ, तो ये episode आप सभी के लिए है जिन्होंने उसके first episode के first pitch को देखा और काफी प्रभावित हुए हैं। जी हाँ, जो हमारे साथ हैं Huvu Fresh की team से Ria Karuturi. So, without any further ado, let's dive into the Shark Tank Season Two India Special with M Square Podcast. And this is your host Anurag Manik. So, without any further ado, let's dive right into this episode. So hello everyone and welcome back to this episode of M Square Podcast. This is your host Anurag Manik and today we have with us someone who was now a household name as we can say. So they were the first of the second season of Shark Tank, the very famous and famous pitch uh, that came on Shark Tank this season for the first time and the the pitch that we I think all of us listened to because we were so eagerly waiting for the second season of Shark Tank India. So we have with us the founder of Uvu Fresh, Mrs. Uh, Miss Ria Karuturi. So Hi Ria, welcome to the show, and you know thank you so much for agreeing to this and being a part of the show. Of course, thank you so much for having us, Anurag. Uh, me and my co-founder Yashoda were really excited to like talk to you about it. I'm just yeah. here the company on both of our behalf. Yeah, so. Uh, uh, yeah, that is with uh, this year when we all wanted to watch Shark Tank. You were so eagerly waiting for it. I think I I, I was so eagerly waiting for it. I could not wait. So I I, I remember my Sony Live, uh, you know, that uh, subscription was going to end. I had to renew it, and I was like, I'll do it just before right, you know, Shark Tank comes in, and I, so that I do not miss out on the episode. Now I know my parents were also excited for something, you know, like they didn't watch the first season, but when they started watching, they were actually very eager to know. So I know them watching the first season episode. On their YouTube, you know, and so they were excited. What the second season come up, and when the second season came up, the first pitch, you know, obviously was yours, and they were so excited, you know, to listen about you, and they were like, in the first place, okay, how come a startup on you know flowers can come up and like do so well, and they were very excited about it. So you know, they wanted to understand from you. We saw your journey on Shark Tank. You know, you coming from Stanford, and you know, so you going to Stanford for studies, and then coming back to India and starting something on flowers. So how was this whole journey? Uh, you know, did how did this whole thing pan out, and how was it for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm really glad that your parents are watching. Um, yeah. I think I earlier as well, but the most fun aspect. I mean, everything about this experience has made us feel extremely blessed but the most fun part has been you know people sending us pictures of their mothers and grandmothers watching yeah. um it's just so nice you know usually you're in the you know like economic times startup like your story stuff like that so like that crowd sees you but for mothers and grandmothers to see you is yeah. really, really wonderful um in terms of our journey um so i mean i was born and brought up in bangalore so yeah. both yashoda were born and brought up here um we went to america for college and then actually yashoda came back first and she was working in our family business which okay. also bouquet flowers so i think if you've seen the episode you yes yes it. yeah um so you know she was kind of she was working in the family business and then you know eventually she was like okay i want to do my own thing so she was thinking about like what can I do in retail, flowers? And, you know, you still think when you think of flower businesses, you think of bouquets, right? Like yeah. that's what one's mind goes to or like maximum decorations and events. Um, so when she was thinking of that, then I think, you know, um, she just saw my mother doing her day-to-day puja and like not getting the right flowers and etc. And she was like, oh, this is also a puja use case. 
Um, at that time, I was actually still in college. So I was still completing my okay. last um, This was like December 2018 when she had this okay. idea. Okay. So she, she like did all of her research, blah, blah, blah. And then Feb 2019 was coming up and Valentine's Day was coming in, right? Okay. Um, our dad who's been in flower, the flower industry his whole life. Yeah. You can't miss Valentine's Day. <laughs> whatever you do, puja flowers, bookie flowers, whatever. Yeah. The most important day for a flower business. You cannot miss it. Um, yeah. And she called me up and she was like, what do I do and stuff? And it was her company, right? Like I wasn't involved mm-hmm. in that. I was just helping out as a sister and I was like, just go for it. You know, like yeah. if you feel ready, just like rip off the bandaid because you'll never be perfectly prepared. Agreed, yeah. Yeah, so then she started on Feb 14th. I was still in college at the time. Okay. So I was helping her like with the tech stuff, the website and marketing and all of that. So she would like send me the photos. I would make the creatives and send it back. Okay, okay. And time difference, right? So during yeah. the day, like I need, we need this, 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 this. And then they would go to bed and I would wake up and then I would work. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they would wake up. So it was working like that. And then I think within a few weeks, she called me and she was like, you know, this is a great opportunity and you're already helping me out. So why don't you come and join me? Um, And my graduation was in June of 2019. So I still had a bit of time to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's just such an exciting opportunity and um, just, I think, the right time. So, March of 2019, so like within like a month of her starting, basically, I came back to India. I graduated early. Um, okay. That's how we got started. That's so wonderful, you know, like to find something out. You have been doing it, your family, you've been in this family business, but to actually find out something to make it a scalable business, you know, to, you know, actually make that leap of faith from, you know, uh, from a normal business to making it something that the entirety of the country uses. And so I think that is something that was very new and to start from a flower business. And so I think it would have been really difficult for you to convince, you know, when you went to people to convince them, okay, we have started something on flower and it's just not a localized business. It's something that is going to go pan India. So how mm-hmm. difficult, uh, you know, for you and Yoshida uh, it was to actually convince. So when you went to some, uh, you know, any uh for raising some funds or if you went to any uh, venture cap- capitalist, how difficult was it was for uh, you to convince them that this can be an actually scalable business? Because uh, as Indians, you know, we have this habit of going for a morning walk and, you know, picking up flowers from some trees and coming back and using it for our puja or, you know, going to our nearest uh, vendor and uh, taking flowers from them. So I think it would have been really challenging because you have to take this whole category, make a category, then market it and make people, you know, actually tell people that this is something which we are doing better, our flowers are better than what you could find. So how did you do it and how challenging was it for you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, the funny thing about our business is that from the day we started, no customer has ever been like, why do you exist? Right? Okay. Like Every customer has been like, I get it. You know, like this is a need. Oh. What you guys think is so important. Like they know how broken the supply chain is, how much okay. the price fluctuates. And at the end of the day, how bad the quality of the flowers they're getting are. Right? Yeah. Um, people in India especially have this practice where before their puja, they don't even smell the flower because they want yeah. it to be so yes, so pure. pure. Yeah. But then when you go to your local mandi, you just have to turn a blind eye to like yeah. and then the dirt and you know the uh-huh. flowers, the sun, they're totally rotten, right? Like agreed. Yeah. One goes to the mandi, they like turn the flowers over because they're expecting the bottom to be rotten. Like they're expecting to get yeah. cheap. 
which mm-hmm. is really crazy to think about. You know, you're doing your puja; it's a divine experience. It's supposed to be about gratitude, yes. but you're starting it with doubt and suspicion and all of oh, this stuff. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, you know, so customers never had that question. Even before we did this shelf life elongation and all of that, they could tell our flowers were fresher because they were coming fresh from harvest. They yeah. knew that service we were offering of coming to their doorstep was super important. Um, and we knew that, you know, that stability and standardization that we were giving them in their flower experience was something that they were sorely missing, which they weren't yeah. able to get from any local vendors and things like that. Right. Okay. Um, so I think that we never had to explain. In fact, our customers would explain the business. Yeah. <laughs> we were, I remember in the beginning, we used to do bouquets and puja flower and decor. We did everything because we wanted okay. to try it out and experiment. Yeah. Prove to ourselves also that, you know, puja flowers works. And, you know, customers would be like, leave all of that. You know, come to puja <laughs> flowers so much. And they would be like, you should do bilpatra, you should do tulsi, you should do this, yeah. and you should put a card. You know, they had so many ideas because yeah. they were users and it was obvious to them. Um, I think who it was difficult to convince was the VCs and analysts and stuff like that. Not the older VCs. I think, you know, above 40, 45, it's still easy for us to like convince them. Because they've been in India, they've seen their spouses and mothers and Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, And I think, you know, once you're in India for long enough, you you understand that, you know, the reality of India is that there's a temple street corner, right? Um, Yeah temple you know that every religion uses these flowers some way yes, whether yes. Muslim or Hindu whatever it is um, so I think that was easy the junior analysts were definitely the most difficult that's where we <laughs> those questions of do people still do puja do, do people oh. believe in God like all of these questions um, and you know you have the data to back it up like demographically okay. in yeah. India um, you know puja like religiosity is going up across the board um, the practice of daily puja, especially in that 18 to 25 age group, is actually okay. right, which is very surprising to a lot of urban people. Um, you know, the religion travel is going up, religion spend is going up. Um, you know, there's been a recent boom in terms of like apps in the religion space as well. Okay. Users tend to be a little bit young, right? So I think yeah. overall, the space is really growing and um, it's an upward trending market, right? We, we've seen that in Agarbatis, we've seen that in other yeah. Puja. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, uh, I think in urban cities, it's sometimes easy to be like, oh, I don't really see anyone doing Puja. But what we found is that when we would start talking to people, they'd be like, oh, I don't do Puja, but my mother does. Yeah, my grandmother. Yeah. You know, that's their kind of connect to it. Um, and, you know, eventually once they talk to us and, you know, we connect yeah. with them later, future whenever it is, then they're like, oh, you know, now every time I sit in a cab, I see the puja flowers there. Yeah, or, you yeah. know, now I go to my friend's houses, like even these young bachelors and stuff, and I see puja in their house, you know, I see one or two flowers. And we're like, yeah, you know, once you start looking, <laughs> it's visible to you. Yeah, I, and I think, uh, you know, like uh, that's something which I was, uh, you know, that insight that you gave that pe- people started with doubt when they went to, you know, buy the flowers and like they would turn it off, turn it out and then they will, you know, have this doubt whether it will be rotten or something. I, I think that is where uh, your product really stands out because that removes that doubt from people's mind, right? Because they will have that factor of trust and it's just a part of, as, as you mentioned during the pitch also, right? It's a part of their uh, everyday ritual. So you just cannot, uh, you know, have a blip up anywhere here and there because that would leave a really uh, long-lasting impact on their minds. 
So uh, I think that I, that sort of insight that you have, uh, you know, like and that is why this brand is really picking up with people. And now, uh, so how difficult? Uh, so just you know, rephrasing the question. Um, so you know, the, there is this mindset that you know, like in the older generation, because I think uh, now uh, people they, that's just uh, you know, like your product will be bought up by say suppose if I buy it for my mom and dad, so I will do the convincing part. Okay, right? This is a great product, and you know? so like, uh, do you do you have any insight on how is it like if older people are buying the product and if they have any sort of apprehensions right because they have an apprehension towards technology so they they're like hum ja kar ke le like because I, I know that my father and mother took a really long time to actually trust amazon and flipkart to start using it and ordering stuff from there or ordering clothes from mintra so uh, is it's like the older generation also accepting to the fact you know like if i can online uh, order it online it will be much better than what i can go out nearby and find it yeah um so you know there is generally a lot of apprehension in this industry because like i said yeah. there's a age of trust right yeah, like partner yeah. to middleman middleman to flower vendor vendor to okay. the customer everyone is mistrusting of each other because yes. everyone expects to get ripped off um because that's kind of how the market has been operating in the past which yeah. is really unfortunate given the space um so there's definitely that mistrust and people are like um is it really going to be fresh um you know am i really going to get the flowers yeah. they always it's going to be more expensive things like that so our responsibility i think has been getting the product in front of people um okay. and, you know letting them know that this category exists because like you said it's a category creation yes right? so yes yes saying, you can buy puja flowers online is the yeah. first step yeah and i think the second step because our packets start from like 25 35 rupees right um it's just getting people to try one packet um yeah. and that we've seen in customer behavior across age groups right um people will buy that first you know assorted puja flower uh, packet just as a trial and then okay. once they convince you know once they actually see that freshness mm-hmm. really experience that convenience aspect then they go in and they start playing and you know they say lotus on friday oh, and like okay on this day and tulsi on this day you know then they like really do their assortment that they yeah yeah um, first they have to try it to believe it um and you know given the price point that's really possible for us to do yeah that. that's yeah i mean like i was very shocked you know that, that, that there's a 10 rupees puja packet that you mentioned during the show and i was so shocked i mean like that is the entry like that is the like that would have been the barrier for anybody you know like okay, if it's costly or something but breaking down that barrier actually giving the product in the hands of the people and when they actually feel it and use it and understand that it's something very unique to be very honest i mean like i would have never if i hadn't seen that episode if somebody came and told me that i would not have been able to believe you know that is uh, that is so unique and idea in itself right because uh, uh, coming from a tier 2 city of raipur chatisgarh i have seen you know people go over in them we had this we have a huge garden in our house and we have this all flowers and we have always faced you know people will come pluck those flowers and go and if we catch somebody they'll be like are puja ke liye leke ja rahe and you cannot say also something you know cannot shout at them you know you they taking it for puja or something so if somebody said ki this is a startup that is doing so well it would have been hard for me to believe and but to actually build a business out of it is so commendable i mean i think the first pitch really set the tone for this year's shark tank season i would say i mean you know that is the uh, what you can say uh, uh, that is uh, uh, what is the level that is shark tank is setting up right here this you know that is starting on such a high note 
I would say. And I think that was really perplexed to, you know, watch that whole pitch. So, uh, you know, yeah, like I was really, uh, I would say out of this world, that idea is, and, you know, I, I listened to the whole story. I watched it twice, thrice already, you know, how the, you came across it. I wanted to understand from your journey perspective and how did your journey start? Uh, as in like, you know, when you were a kid, so did you have this thing in yourself, you know, I want to start something of my own or how did, is there any pivotal story that revolves around you? You know, where you realized, okay, this is something I want to do. I cannot work for, you know, some uh, organization for a large period of time. I might have to start my own. Is there any story that is there with it? Um, so that's a great question, actually. Um, last year, you know, for some holiday or something like that, I remember we were all sitting and we did this like um, quiz, like a personality quiz together as a family. Okay. And, you know, Yashoda and I, the personality type that we got was uh, entrepreneur. And we both okay. were surprised. We both were like, oh, we didn't think we'd get entrepreneur as oh, a personality. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so honestly, like growing up, um, we had great role models in both of our parents. So like, you know, my parents actually started together, both my mother and my father. Um, okay. with their role. So they were equally involved. And I would always see my mom on calls, like for work. I'd always see my dad, like be so yeah. enterprising with everything that he did. So, you know, that business angle was always there. Um, and, you know, even my great, uh, my grandfather, he used to like, he had his own business, but my dad still started something of his own. So there's okay. kind of the idea that, you know, whatever your father does or whatever your grandfather does, you still have to go out and make it on your own. Yeah. And I think parents kind of drill that into us as well. So in that sense, that entrepreneurial like business thing was there. Okay. But personally, like growing up, I used to like read a lot. Um, okay. I used to write a lot and things like that. So I fully thought I was going to become a journalist or a writer. Okay. Like that okay. was my life. Um, actually, even with Stanford, I went in as a philosophy major, which is really oh, surprising. To yeah, yes. Um, honestly, even the degree that I came out with, right? Like it was computer science plus journalism. So I was still okay. on the path, but I was like, you know, maybe I'll do computational journalism or something like that. Um, okay. Pretty much, you know, I think that is something that I really love and will always continue to love. Um, this hugu and this whole angle, like, you know, life works in mysterious ways. So yes, agreed. I, yeah, I actually worked with our family business uh, during my time off from Stanford. So I took about six months off and I came back. Okay. And business. Um, so I think that was my first introduction to business and to really thinking about, um, you know, I always thought business was like, you have to be a hustler and you have to be like, you only care about money and you, you're like super yeah. like a person, blah, blah. I thought you had to be all of these things. Um, and I'm an introvert and like, I love creativity, right? So I, I didn't think it was the space for me. Um, okay. But working in our family business, I really kind of saw it from a different perspective. And I'm so glad I did that while I was in college, you know, and I still had time to make up my mind. Because I realized as an entrepreneur, you get to be so creative, right? Like you get to use the analytical side of your brain, um, yeah. you know, creative side and um, yes, you have to work with people a lot. And as an introvert, that is still something that I have to learn to be yeah. better. Um, but it's really wonderful, right? Like it, it's, it, you're all kind of coming together around um, a unifying purpose, which is very different from like a yeah. group project, you know, yes, and some, yeah. like you want to do some work and stuff. Agreed. So that was a great experience. And then when Huvu started, I think doing it with my sister was also a great comfort to me because we know each other's working styles and yeah. we have that 
expert. Um, so that kind of encouraged me to take the plunge. And the idea itself was so exciting, right? Like as soon as Yeshua yeah. was, you know, puja flowers, you know, that's the missing piece. I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. You know, yeah. just such an exciting idea. And um, I knew it was something that I wanted to be part of for sure. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got started on the entrepreneurial journey. Um, there's oh, definitely been a lot of learnings along the way of saying that, you know, this is not like you have to be XYZ to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. You can make it your own and do it in your own way, right? Like if you look at my desk or my workplace, it'll be completely different from my sister's. You know, the way that we work <laughs> completely different. Yeah. Um, and the way that my mom and my dad ran their business was completely different as well. Um, so I think everyone has their own um, style as yeah. an entrepreneur. Uh, and I'm really glad that I got the opportunity to do it because I think honestly, any other job I would have found boring. Um, just because uh, like sure, every day is different. Which yes. is and you know, that's so wonderful to hear that you like, you know, people say Ki, uh, I knew this as since I was a kid, I wanted to do something of my own. And the way you got the story out, right? Like, oh, this is okay. This is something which I've not thought about myself that I can, I'll be, you know, great at. And to actually go out there, you know, find something out and do great uh, and then excel at it when you are actually going out and doing it. And I think that would have been so fulfilling in yourself as a person, okay, to actually understand that the kind of potential that is there inside. Uh, I think that, that's so wonderful to hear, uh, you know, like when you it comes from you and to actually, uh, and, and as you were mentioning about, you know, being it challenging. And I think, you know, like uh, that this is a business where you have to create a whole category. You do not have a roadmap that you can, you know, follow that somebody else has done this so we can do this. So even the marketing that has to go with it, it will be the, for the first time somebody is doing it in the country. And it's, it's just not like it's okay. So for other countries, you will have, okay, so for a particular religion, people buy certain sort of flowers. But in India, when every, every religion is there and which each to their own has a different, you know, method of doing their own puja. So you have, will have a completely different branding strategy, which will be for the first time for the marketing will be for the first time and explaining it. So it will be, it would have been such a challenge, but at the same time, it would have been so fulfilling when you actually achieved it. Right. When you, so how was it? So what is the approach you took for marketing your brand or marketing and branding? You know, when it comes, when it came to who, how did you approach it? Because there was nothing to refer, you know, there was no reference point. Now people, you know, if somebody starts, they can refer your, you know, roadmap, but for you, it was, completely new and it would have been so challenging I, I can just imagine mm -hmm. um yeah so honestly every aspect of it right like from supply chain to packaging to machinery yeah. was challenging because you're creating a category and you know, people are like this can't be done because it has never been yes. done yeah yeah these synonyms to people uh, but with marketing, especially, I think what was interesting is that you're marketing to, like you said earlier, a slightly older audience. Yes, um, yes. Audience who, because of COVID, has come online. Um, and I think just because of geo oh, and things yeah. like that, people <laughs> have migrated online, but um, it's still largely more comfortable in the offline world, right? Okay. Um, yeah. How to kind of create that. And also, a lot of the content that you're creating, like, for example, if I want to talk about the Hanuman Chalisa, right? Yeah. Uh, it's very easy to just paste it on a creative and say, okay, this is the Hanuman Chalisa. Yeah. Um, we always say is that we're a fresh take on traditions, right? So fresh take, obviously for flowers, because we're all about freshness, but even generally, because we said, um, you know, your puja experience is supposed to be about gratitude and bliss, but yeah. because your flowers were spoiled, you weren't able to do your puja in the way that you want to do it. In, you know, with okay. that piece. Of yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But that's true at a broader level as well, even outside of flowers for your puja, right? Like, for example, for a kid who's, you know, reading the Hanuman Chalisa. For example, when I was a kid, my yeah. mom has been reading the Hanuman Chalisa since she was like eight years old. So, you know, oh, she would okay. always tell me, because especially when I was a young kid, I used to be afraid of the dark. So she okay. used to be, read the Hanuman Chalisa, it'll help you and all of that. And I was like, I have terrible memory. So I was like, I can't learn this, you know, can I just sleep with the light on? That would yeah. be my fear type of thing, right? And I remember I used to, I used to read it. And there's one phrase in the Hanuman Chalsa, it's like, Bhuta Pisacha, something, something. Nikat Niyave, yeah. Nikat Niyave, right? Yes. So, but I as a kid didn't know what that mean, what that meant, but I knew the word Bhuta meant ghost. So I used to read those words, I used to get more scared. Because I used to be like, oh my God, I'm the ghost, you know? Yeah. Mom finally had to get me a Hanuman Chalsa that had the English translation underneath. And once I read that, you know, um, it just changed my experience. Like it, it just made it so much more meaningful to me. It actually mm-hmm. helped um, to the point where, you know, like I actually wanted to start reading it. It actually would give me comfort. Oh, that's wow. just a very small example, right? But every day at work, that's what we kind of find that if you can give the meaning and significance behind a certain practice, um, people are able to engage with it in a fresh new way, right? Like yeah. in a more meaningful way than before. Like you might see your mom using a bell every day and you're like, okay, whatever. But once you read that, you know, the reason we use a bell is like because of the frequencies and because it's a certain meaning behind it. Yeah. And you know, the, this is the prayer that people say when they ring a bell. Then you're yeah. like, oh, wow. You know, this is something that's meaningful. It's not just something that people are copying yeah. on a day thing, right? Um, so that's how we look at our marketing overall. Like, how do we give meaning to people? Um, how do we give them that fresh take? Uh, whether that's online, whether that's offline, whether that's through uh, content marketing or ads or events or whatever it is. I think the channel doesn't matter as much as the overriding purpose of the brand. Uh, okay. Once we figured that out, like everything else became kind of easy. Oh, wow. I mean, that is so unique. I've, that's You know, a lot of people talk about uh, meaning, building a meaningful brand. But to hear from you that how you have imbibed it in your brand, you know, like your own story into it, like how you took reference from your own childhood to actually do it, it reflects the point that you've actually given it a lot of thought on how do you want to proceed. And I would actually say that though the brand, uh, you know, caters to an audience that is slightly on the elderly side, but when we saw your pitch, I know a lot of my young younger cousins or, you know, friends, like uh, my younger siblings of my friends who are there, they were so inspired, you know, like doing something like this. And then I think now I can relate much more than why they connected because they found this meaning that you're talking about because the current generation is more about, you know, doing something that, uh, you know, makes them feel fulfilled in some manner or that has some meaning attached to it. And though we would not be able to address it when we see, you know, online or something. But when I hear from you this, now everything starts making much more sense than it actually was. And now, because we used to feel that connection, we, uh, a lot of us felt the connection when we heard the pitch or, you know, when we watched your content, uh, when we went to the Instagram, you know, we we felt some connection. Now there is a backstory on why that connection was there. 
because mm-hmm. as you mentioned right you went your your past and we all have this past because coming from an indian household we all have seen pujas happening at our houses you know uh, everything going uh, you know uh, being a part of it be the flowers be the pandit ji coming in and be it everything that is uh, you know involved with it and uh, yeah and i think that is what we actually mean by you know creating a brand that is having a meaning behind a purpose brand driven by purpose and i think these are stories like this you know that differentiates marketing from actually doing something you love you know marketing has just now been you know uh, bo- uh, dropped down to you know metrics or uh, be it what you call uh, numbers ads how many ads you run how much ads you run but if you do not have a meaning you know you can have an instant boost but in the long run you always lose but i think this is uh, you know why what i'm listening from you actually is making much more sense you know that how to actually build a brand that is sustainable in the long run mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, yeah. That- like you can you can spend a lot on ads and that has its own space i'm not i'm not yeah. going to that yes, yes. um to reach new people but um because this isn't a crowded market because it's a new yeah. category and we've kind of been given a unique opportunity um ads have their place i'm not going to deny that Agree. but yeah yeah they're not a big part of our strategy overall yeah. i think like content and everything is much more yeah. important yeah because ads can i feel ads can bring you you know the initial traction but for for those people who are coming through your ads for them to stay there needs to be something that holds them together and i think that is the stories you know as indians we suck you know we are a sucker for stories we look out for stories in everything and when we we we, we get those stories in something we feel that connection right so i think that uh, ads can bring you the initial boost that you need but for those people to stay that these type of stories are actually very necessary and i think that is something i have talked to certain amount of people but you know this clarity when it comes to marketing and branding their whole brand is actually missing and i think it's very uh, what do you say inspiring to you know listen to you and you know the kind of work that you have put into building your brand from scratch and uh, i think that is really commendable thank you <laughs> Yeah so I know Rian I wanted to understand about your whole Shark Tank journey how did it start when did it you know like I think you after watching the first season you might have felt you okay, we can actually go out there so how was it for you how was the whole experience how did it start for you and how did it go mm-hmm. um so actually quite funny um I also did not watch Shark Tank season 1 oh okay <laughs> uh i actually i don't i don't watch much tv yeah t- yeah tv is, yeah so yeah i mean i obviously saw it online you know i saw a lot yeah. of posts and people were talking about it and stuff but um you know like it it was just not something that we were super involved in yeah and then when season 2 came around as well um actually we didn't see the application or anything like that but okay. i got a message on my linkedin um and it was from this, someone from sony tv um oh wow You know I remember just being like why would someone from Sony TV reach out yeah. to me? Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. So I was like oh spam. So I didn't even just call <laughs> like and it was like it's obviously spam like why would Yeah. I agree. Um but then you know luckily she reached out again and she was like listen no this is real like I want you to apply. <laughs> um so then we had a lot of apprehensions because i think because we hadn't seen seen season 1 yeah, and things like yeah agree okay and, um, you know me and yashda like generally our motto is like okay fine if people laugh at us whatever that doesn't really you know it doesn't bother you as an entrepreneur yeah. you get you mm-hmm. um but what we're building with kuvu is not something that we want people to mock or laugh okay. at or yeah right it's not just our work or not just like our ego or anything like that but 
your whole team is working together you know yes, there's so yes. yeah. you're putting that time and effort and um you know literally like blood sweat and tears into it yeah. right so you don't want to make that a mockery or take it too lightly type of thing just for 15 minutes of pain um yeah. so we had a lot of apprehensions and uh, we kind of told her and we were like you know i don't think it's right for us we're a puja brand you know if someone says something offensive and things like yeah. it's not nice you know like Agreed. even for our customers they'll feel like oh it's been cheapened you know the product mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. so we t- we told her you know like it's not for us blah blah but um, oh. she was like listen like that's not at all what the show is about the show is about indians and entrepreneurs and bringing it to the larger audience right it's not about mocking anyone yeah. it's not bringing anyone down um and then she encouraged us to like watch a few clips and things like that and once we did that i think we were like okay now we're comfortable you know we yeah. know that be the right platform to bring our story to more people the next hurdle was hindi so um okay. you know yeah. we learned I, i mean i took hindi in school for like 10 years but i was so bad that my hindi teacher literally thought i was going to fail my board exams you know she was more scared than i was and like yes that was better than me at hindi in school but you yeah. know being you know you just don't practice it much yes agreed yeah like we canada and things like that right yeah so we were like we can't pitch in hindi you know like what do we do <laughs> um but you know at every step of the process the team really helped us like the production team and yeah. they were like, okay come on you can like tell your story all of that stuff um so we tried and um that's kind of how we went through it and it, you know it was during our peak festival season i think like during um august think, september like right after ganesh chaturthi is when we went yeah. for our film. so okay. like when Ganesh Visarjan was happening is when we were doing our filming, but it's like the most hectic time for us operationally, right? Okay. Um, so honestly, it would have been impossible without our stellar team. Um, mm. But they pulled it off, and yeah, so we were able to go and go to Yashad Studios and do this filming. Oh wow! But yeah, at every point, I think someone external was like helping us. Um, so we're really grateful for that. that's so wonderful so how different it is from uh, you know the actual scenario out there so i think the pitch is going for one and a half to us one hour then uh, you know what we saw on television is just a 15 minute clip of how the whole process goes so you know if you can give us an insight into how the whole process is like how does it go how grilling it gets and, you know like and how like how do you handle that whole one one and a half hour of time yeah um honestly so the first like i think the first 5 to 10 minutes is like the pitch that you prepared yeah. and practice it and all of that um and during that time i was like just totally blanked out like you know you're on the stage and there's all these like yeah. music or shark tank and all that stuff so it was like you know when you go to school and you're a part of a play or something you just yeah, like yeah. perform and you come back and you're like you don't even remember what happened yes so yes yeah but um after that right like people so many people have asked me were there reshoots did they stop you guys and restart and did they tell you what to say blah 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 uh, but honestly none of that happened it it really felt like a normal pitch um and i honestly i think you can see that in the episode as well yeah. you can see the yes. body language like in the beginning it's all shud hindi and we're standing yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that and then once they ask us questions and about the business we just open up right like and yeah. i think you can that kind of coming in yes yes yeah the nervousness goes away with time yeah i think more than nervousness also the formality goes away formality goes away yeah whether it's english whether it's hindi whether it's on camera off camera yeah. our favorite topic in the world is hubu right like you wake <laughs> up the night also and you say tell me about hubu i'll be happy anybody yeah. in the world I'll be happy. 
to tell them about Hugo, right? Um, so after the actual pitch, when they go, got into questions and stuff, felt very natural. It felt like any other conversation with uh, angels and VCs. Yeah. Of course, they're much better dressed and a lot more makeup than the <laughs> meeting. Um, but, you know, it was just wonderful. And um, of course, it's been edited down for clarity yeah. and brevity, but um, amazing questions and for us, that's always the most important thing, right? Like yeah. anybody can come and sit in a VC or angel chair and say that, tell me this and tell me that about your business, blah, yeah. blah. But the best partners that we've found are the people who ask the right questions, right? Like okay. even the yeah. best round that we raised, we actually raised that round because, I mean, we weren't looking for raising, uh, I mean, raising a round when we spoke yeah. to them. But the questions they asked us were so insightful into our business and it, it really showed their um, knowledge. Interest, and like ability, yeah. Yeah, take us to the next step, right? Yeah. And further, which is why we raised that round. And even with the sharks, that's exactly what happened, right? Like there were some questions where, you know, everyone kind of asked us those questions in terms of like market size and things like that. Um, but there were some questions, some of which, which weren't even aired, uh, which was so insightful and so deep into the business uh, yeah. within that one hour meeting, right? That really showed us the kind of value add that they would bring in. Um, capital is capital and there's multiple sources for it. Yeah. Um, it's always much appreciated. Um, but the person who's coming with that capital, I think is really, really important, right? Like Agreed, yeah. They're basically going to be helping you build this business build and you don't business. have a wrong partner. Um, so it was great. I think that one hour really showed us why they would be great partners for us. And we love talking about Google. So it was enjoyable in that sense. Yeah. And I, I think that is so wonderful, you know, like when you mention about people asking the right questions. So it just shows that how much interest they have and the kind of work they have done and where they see your brand in the coming future also, right? Yeah. And where they want to, you know, go and walk along with you and help you grow to the extent they wanted to. So what was the deciding factor in you, you know, finally going with that particular valuation with those particular sharks? So what was the thing that, you know, made you choose them over the other offers that you had? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, we love Vinita and we love Namita. I know a lot yeah. of people have been making like memes and stuff where they're like, oh, Namita said that the Puta industry isn't big or like, you know, um, sorry, I think the memes are like, Vinita said it's not big and then yeah, yeah. it's replicable and stuff. But that's such a small snippet of the entire hour, right? Yes, like, yes, yeah. People forget that Namita was the first one to make us an offer. Make you know? us like, an offer, yeah. Her belief in us and um, you know, Vinita, I think this the thing I respect most in people uh, is when they're able to update their mental models based on the evidence that they get, right? Yeah. A lot of stuck in those. And yes, like Vinita yes. had the, she had a very valid question about the market size. But then as soon as she got that feedback, she corrected it, you know, and she made yeah. us two offers after that. Not yes. just the first offer with Namita, but then the second mm-hmm. offer as well. Yeah. So I, I think that is kind of lost in all the memes and the jokes and stuff. but. We really appreciated their vote of confidence in us and, um, you know, like being women entrepreneurs and stuff. It was tempting to go with them. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Aman just got the market, like from the moment we walked in. I remember at one point, this isn't a part of the episode, but at one point, Anupam was talking to us and he was telling us something about the puja market and stuff. And literally, Aman is like dancing with his chest (laughs) in the back. And I remember it was so hard for me to not get distracted and to look at it. It was so funny, right? Really so funny and so uh-huh. sweet. 
Uh, but you know, you have to respect Anupam and uh, yeah. you know, so like we had to listen to him, but it was so funny. <laughs> um, so I think he just got it and like he really didn't even ask us too many questions. He was yeah. just like, this market, I get what you guys are doing. Um, so I think that was kind of a no-brainer. And he's really building, he's building for Bharat, right? Like you can yeah. really see, yes, yes. Like everyone in my warehouse, every like every time I go out there, they all have boat headphones this, and everything. This is boat, this is boat. I'm it's all boat. Right? Like I think it's yeah. just such a popular brand and he really gets the pulse of like young India also. Yeah. And him so I think Aman was like really a no-brainer for us. Um I think with Piyush, you know he has such a serious face so while yeah. we, we were like oh my god Piyush really does not like this company you know because he was so serious and he was like writing and all that stuff yeah. um, and I remember he was asking so many questions as well he was like what's different in this machine like um, you know what's different in this packaging and he was like really going deep into it so I mean obviously we had answers for uh, yeah. he doesn't like the company you know like I think everyone likes <laughs> the company but he doesn't like it so much um, and then, you know, he made us an offer and this is not a part of the telecast also, but the way he made us an offer, he said, this is why I'm making you an offer. And he said, because you'll never compromise on trust. And I respect yeah. that because you have deep machinery excellence and like deep domain knowledge, which, you know, is essential. And because I think you can go a lot further with XYZ, right? Yeah. And we were, first of all, we were shocked that he made us an offer, but B, in that short period of time, he just nailed like the core things which mattered to us, right? Um, and he was just so level-headed about it. And so we were like, okay, we really want Piyush. Um, and then Piyush and Aman together. I Aman, think, just, yeah. Uh, honestly, if it was up to us, we would have taken all four sharks. Um, <laughs> we just like love all of them. But of course, you can't take too much capital also. Yes, yes, uh, agreed. Yeah. But uh, we're really happy with um, Piyush and Aman. and. We're really happy that we could tell such great entrepreneurs our story, right? Yeah. Like, if money comes into your bank or not, like the privilege of having them know about uh, was a great experience. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of M Square Podcast. It has been an amazing conversation with the founder, Miss Ria Karuturi of WooFresh. We'll be furthering this conversation in our next, in the final episode of this two episodic series. Also, do follow us on Instagram at M Square Podcast and Anuragmanik7 for being tuned up to the latest updates. We are coming to IIM Ahmedabad on 28th of January to do our flagship uh, workshop that is Start Your Podcast SYP. Uh, so, if you're in and around Ahmedabad, do come in, do join in for the workshop. And yeah, we are looking forward to you again in the next episode. So, you know, until next time, stay quirky, stay different.